Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tammy and <laughs> Hello and welcome to Phil Interrupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky, to oddly informative, to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Today we are going to be talking about the mysteries of the oceans, seas, lakes, and rivers. Basically, any liquid. As amazing and breathtaking as the world's oceans, seas, rivers, and lakes may be, they're even more mysterious and sometimes cling unyieldingly to their secrets and mysteries. There are some parts of the ocean that no one has ever been able to visit, and it's in these parts that some of Earth's unsolved mysteries lay waiting to be uncovered. Alternatively, strange things sometimes happen right where people can witness it, but remain mysterious nonetheless. The average ocean depth is 14,000 feet deep. Ooh, that leaves a lot of room for the mysterious, the mythical, and everything in between. The ocean is approximately 95% unexplored, unknown, unseen by human eyes. Considering over 70% of Earth's surface is covered by water, we can only imagine what lies beneath the waves and surface. Let's explore the great deep blue here. On today's episode, Mysteries of the Oceans, Seas, Lakes, and Rivers. The USS Scorpion In February 1968, the submarine USS Scorpion departed from Norfolk, Virginia, and headed toward the Mediterranean. It had almost a decade of reliable service behind it, and there were no qualms about the journey as the sub set out to the open sea. Three months later, the Scorpion ran into unknown trouble, and its broken pieces ended up scattered on the ocean floor. On May 27, 1968, family members of the Scorpion's crew waited in vain on the dock for their loved ones to return. It was October before the Navy would find the wreckage of the Scorpion and realize the horrible truth that all 99 men on board had lost their lives. Investigations into the cause of the tragedy proved fruitless. Even after Robert Ballard visited the site in 1985, he soon moved on to bigger things when he discovered the wreck of the Titanic the same year. In 2012, calls were made for a few new expeditions to the Scorpion's wreck site so that experts can once again try to fit the pieces of the mystery together. Nothing came of this, and theories continue to fly. Some conspiracy theories hold that the sub may have been downed by a Soviet attack that they never saw coming while others believe that a mishap with one of the Scorpion's own torpedoes may be to blame. Experts believe that if the sub had mistakenly fired off a torpedo during training, it would have turned back on itself and hit the sub, which would have been the closest and possibly the only target at the time. Others are adamant that if the sub's propeller shaft malfunctioned, it may have caused stress to the engine coupling. This may have led to the braking and causing water to overrun the sub. The only thing certain about what happened to the USS Scorpion all those years ago is that some family and friends still wonder to this day what exactly happened to the 99 men out there in the ocean on that fateful May day. 
Mystery Murders at Sea Cell phones are lost every day, some by accident, some stolen. The majority of the times, these incidents mean absolutely nothing other than someone has to go and get a new phone. Other times, an innocent-looking cell phone might just harbor a terrible secret. This is exactly what happened when an abandoned cell phone was found in a taxi in Fiji in 2014. A video found on the phone landed on the internet not long after and eventually attracted the attention of police. The almost seven-minute-long video contains chilling footage of four men clinging to the wreckage of a small boat or treading water in the open sea while surrounded by laughing men on several tuna longliners. One of the men can be seen trying to lift his arms. The next moment, he is shot in the head by someone on board one of these boats. As the video unfolds, the other three men are also shot in cold blood as their killers are urged to do so by a loud voice over a loudspeaker going, shoot, shoot, shoot. They then continue to laugh carefree while posing for selfies. In spite of many witnesses, not one of these murders was reported, and they only came to light after the cell phone video was posted online. Taiwan authorities tried to investigate after they identified one of the fishing boats as belonging to the country. But the investigation hit a dead end, as they could not identify the captain nor the crew. The victims' bodies were never found, and the reason for their murders remains a mystery. The exact location of the tragedy also has yet to be identified. You can go look this up. I found it on the internet and watched it. It's pretty wild. Poyang Lake. Poyang Lake is located in northern China. It is the largest freshwater lake in the country, measuring 1,350 miles with an average depth of 26 feet. The lake is home to an amazing variety of aquatic life and migratory birds, including the finless freshwater porpoise. Despite its relatively shallow waters, Poyang Lake is known for being deceptively dangerous. Since the early 1960s, more than 2,000 boats have been swallowed up by the lake, resulting in the disappearance of over 1,600 people. Jeez. The disappearances are so frequent that the lake has often been referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of the East, or the place of death by locals. The mystery of Poyang Lake also lies in the fact that despite the high number of missing vessels on the lake, no wreckage or artifacts, including human remains, have been found. The Chinese government has devoted a great deal of time and effort over the last few years to unraveling the mysteries of Poyang Lake. Their last expedition at the lake took place in 2012, but yielded few results. And so the mystery endures. White Rock Lake, Texas The story of the Lady of the Lake, or sometimes the Lady in White, is one of the most well-known ghost stories in the Dallas area. Here's how a typical encounter with this spirit is usually reported. A man is driving on one of the roads around the lake late at night, when up ahead on the side of the road he sees a strange sight. A lone young woman dripping wet and wearing a 1920s era evening gown. The man pulls over and asks the woman if she needs help, and she asks him for a ride to a house. The man obliges, obliges? driving through the night to the street. The young woman remains silent beside him. When they finally reach the avenue, the man turns to ask the woman where he should pull over in his shack. She is gone. 
just silently disappeared, leaving nothing but a wet stain on the car's seat. What? I don't even know how that got on my list. That's like an urban legend that's not even in the water. Even though she's wet, I guess she came out of the lake. I don't know, so what? Who cares? Whatever. Let's move on to our next one. The Devil's Sea The Devil's Sea, otherwise known as Dragon's Triangle, is a region in the Pacific Ocean that has come to be associated with mystery. Numerous accounts of disappearing ships and planes, sightings of ghost ships and islands, extreme weather and electromagnetic disturbances, Amelia Earhart, and historic accounts of strange phenomena stemming back at least 3,000 years. In ancient China, it was believed that a dragon with insatiable hunger pulled the boats into the sea. It is reported that dolphins and whales won't surface here, and birds know to stay away. Bermiha Island In the 1970s, Bermiha Island served as a marker for Mexico to set its 2,000 nautical mile economic zone. Just about 20 years later, the island disappeared without a trace. Along with the island went important documents containing a treaty regarding major oil reserves within the island's region. The disappearance of these documents immediately gave rise to conspiracy theories that the CIA had something to do with the vanishing island. This would ensure that the U.S. would get the oil. The main theory has it that the CIA blew up the island in order to expand the U.S.'s economic zone. The island is, however, mentioned in a 1998 book about Mexican islands, disregarding the fact that a fishing expedition party had already reported that they were unable to locate it the previous year. Bermeja Island was found on historical maps between 1535 and 1775 after which it also mysteriously seemed to vanish from any geographical records right up until 1857 when a U.S. map once again included it. The timelines vary according to different sources, but some say that the Mexican government actually went looking for the island in 1997 but were unable to locate it. Further research in 2009 also didn't turn up any missing islands, stirring further confusion as to whether the island has ever actually existed. The mystery of Bermeja Island seems likely to remain for a while. Oh my god, it's like the island and lost. It, it disappears and then it comes back, it moves. Oh my god, we have to go back. We have to go back! We have to go back! My favorite TV show. Gardner Lake, Connecticut. Gardner Lake in Connecticut is a small lake with a big reputation. It is known for two things, being a great fishing destination and for being really, really haunted. In 1895, a local man decided to place his house onto a large sled and move it across the lake while it was frozen. What the hell would you do that for? I guess he just wanted his house on the other side of the lake for some reason. Hmm, okay, fair enough. But the ice suddenly cracked while he was halfway through his journey, and it fell into the water below intact. The house has stayed there ever since, and although a lot of it has rotted away by now, legend tells that his house was and still is haunted at the bottom. They say that even today you can hear the ghost playing a piano in the submerged house. Now I also read that scuba divers have reported hearing a piano underwater. 
when they try to get to this the remains of this house. S.S. <laughs> Edmund Fitzgerald, Great Lakes. Lake Superior is so big that it behaves like an inland sea, including nasty storms. In November 1975, a massive storm battered the lake just as the gigantic S.S. Edmund Fitzgerald departed for Detroit. By the next morning, the Fitzgerald and another carrier, the author M. Anderson, had altered their routes to a more northerly direction as their captains tried to shield the ships and the crew from the increasingly strong gales. Captain Ernest McSorley, in charge of the Fitzgerald, knew that this was no regular storm, and he reported it to the Coast Guard that his ship was in peril, taking on huge waves and listing to the side. McSorley decided to try to make it to Whitefish Bay to get the Fitzgerald out of harm's way. Unfortunately, about an hour after the captain made his intentions known over the radio, the ship disappeared from radar. There had been no call for assistance before the communication blackout. The Anderson made it to Whitefish Bay in one piece, but its captain, Bernie Cooper, heroically decided to head back out into the awful storm to search for the crew of the Fitzgerald. They only turned up two battered lifeboats and a single life jacket floating in the rough water. Just a week later, a sonar ship searching for the Fitzgerald found its wreck laying more than 500 feet underwater, scattered on the lake floor. The carrier was torn apart. However, not one body was ever recovered from the shipwreck. Even though it is fairly certain that the storm was the main factor in the ship's fate, it remains a mystery to this day exactly what caused the ship to finally go down, and perhaps more importantly, where the remains of the crew members lie. The Patanella In October 1988, Michael Calvin and his friend John Blissett set out on the sea on a luxury schooner called Patanella. The two crewmen had started off from Fremantle, Australia on their way to win Sundays. From there, they continued on to Port Lincoln where Calvin mailed a letter to his twin sister in which he wrote of the good time he was having and how the weather at sea was good. Calvin and Blissett were also planning to start their own charter business after they had been home for the Christmas holidays, since they had been given permission to use the Patanella for that very reason. The two young men were very excited as they continued their journey. Calvin also mentioned to his sister that he and Blissett decided to put a message in a bottle stating that whoever found it would be entitled to a free holiday on board the luxury boat. Tragically, Calvin and Blissett's dreams were never to be realized, as a few weeks after Michael Calvin posted the happy letter to his sister, the Patanella disappeared off the coast of Sydney. Michael Calvin and John Blissett were never seen or heard from again. On New Year's Eve 2007, Cheryl Wademan, her husband, and her brother set off to the beach to ring in the new year with swimming and beach bathing. Wademan was strolling along the beach looking for treasure when she saw a bottle stuck upside down in the sand. Seeing that there was a note with writing on it inside the bottle, she took it home and found the following writing. Hi there, out here in the lonely South Ocean, and thought we would give away a free holiday on the Winsunday Islands in northern Queensland, Australia. Our ship is traveling from Fremantle, Western Australia to Queensland to work as a charter vessel. The note included John Blissett's telephone number, as well as the Patanella's position in the ocean at the time. 
it indicated that foul play could be ruled out as a possibility cause for the boat's disappearance. But the mystery of what exactly happened out on that sea in 1988 remains. John Halford In 2011, 63-year-old John Halford ran his own successful business and was about to celebrate his 25th wedding anniversary with his wife, Ruth. Halford was on top of the world, but he still had a dream that he wanted to fulfill before retiring. He wanted to go on a cruise. His dream came true that same year when he set off on a seven-day cruise. Halford seemingly had the time of his life on the cruise liner, judging by the texts he sent his wife. Near midnight on the last evening of the cruise, John Halford was enjoying cocktails at the ship's bar as the ship neared its final destination. He had sent his wife a text earlier with his flight details so that she could pick him up from the airport. Ruth, who had missed her husband very much during his well-deserved break, couldn't wait to go to the airport and meet him. Before she could leave, however, she received a call from the cruise company to inform her that John would not be at the airport as he had gone missing from the ship at some point between midnight and 7 a.m. the next morning when all the other passengers disembarked. John Halford was never seen again. His wife and children fear that he went over the railing of the cruise liner, although the company strongly denied that this would even be possible. Tragically, Halford is just one of more than 150 people who've mysteriously disappeared on cruise ships since the turn of the new millennium. Now, I know that's more like a story of a guy falling off a cruise ship, but I have a sick fascination with cruise ships and deaths on cruise ships. I find it crazy that people go on these ships because they're going to sink and you're going to die a long tragic death waiting in the water while sharks eat you and you drown in storms, black water at night. It's awful. Uh, whew, I hate it. And you're going to die out there for sure if you go on a cruise ship. And uh, I find it amazing that people fall off the side and I can't get enough of true crime shows and things like documentaries that talk about this topic of people mysteriously disappearing off cruise line ships. So I know that's not really one directly that involves the ocean, but hey, I had to include it. Love my cruise ship deaths. Sea of Galilee Object A giant stone structure discovered beneath the waters of the Sea of Galilee in Israel has archaeologists puzzled as to its purpose and even how long ago it was built. The mysterious structure is cone-shaped, made of rocks and boulders, and weighs an estimated 60,000 tons, the researchers say. Rising nearly 32 feet high, it has a diameter of 230 feet. It appears to be giant rocks piled on top of each other. Structures like this are known from elsewhere in the world and are sometimes used to mark burials. Researchers do not know if the newly discovered structure was used for this purpose. The structure was first detected in the summer of 2003 during a sonar survey of the southwest portion of that sea. Divers have since been down to investigate. They say that it is definitely human-made and probably was built on land, only later to be covered by the Sea of Galilee as the water level rose. The shape and composition of the submerged structure does not resemble any natural features. It could date back more than 4,000 years. Okiku Well Looming over the surrounding city of Hemjai in Japan 
Hemjai Castle would be an impressive enough sight without the added lore of the spookily famous well contained within its massive grounds. Not only is Okiku's well said to be haunted, the tale behind the ghost is as juicy as they come, involving a servant girl who caught the eye of a married samurai who used her job tending a set of very important plates against her. What does that that mean? The samurai tried to force her to be his mistress. She refused, so he killed her by throwing her body, well, you know where. Being thrown down a well is a horrible death, to be sure. But she got revenge from beyond the grave, haunting the samurai's nights until he went insane. Okiku's story has remained popular in Japan, inspiring stage productions, video games, the horror film Ringu, as well as its American remake, The Ring. The well where she's said to have drowned remains at the castle, along with maybe her ghost. Haunted Lake, New Hampshire How did this pond just outside of Francistown, New Hampshire, get its unusual name? One suggests that the shore of what's also called Scobie Pond, that's the real name, are haunted by the ghost of a settler killed around the campfire by his traveling companion. Others suggest that a supernatural sightings were actually due to a pair of pranksters who took great delight in scaring the bejesus out of anyone who happened to be passing by the lake at night. Yet another story suggests that the moniker came out for a few more aesthetic reasons. A terrible fire once burnt the shores of the lake, killing every living thing and leaving it looking charred and spooky. That said, the post also cites that an earlier surveyor whose 1753 report God, reported hearing mysterious, unrelenting groans and shrieks as of a human being in distress or being burned. Others say that while camping lakeside, they suggest the presence of ghosts. Chuck Lagoon, Micronesia Also known as Truk Lagoon, this natural harbor in the Caroline Islands served as a home base for the Japan's Pacific Theater campaign launched during World War II. When American forces attacked in February 1944, the two-day battle rendered Chuck Lagoon the biggest graveyard of ships in the world. Just a week before the attack, the Japanese military had moved additional ships to the area, and as a result, approximately 250 Japanese aircraft were destroyed and more than 50 ships sunk. An estimated 400 Japanese soldiers were killed in one ship alone, trapped in the cargo hold. Most of the fleet remains in exactly the same spot it was left, largely forgotten by the world until the late 1960s. The shipwreck waters became a massive, popular scuba diving destination, and most of the left-behind bodies were removed or buried. Though some do remain, and ghostly sounds and sightings have been reported over the years. Jellyfish Lake The aptly named Jellyfish Lake is located in Palua, because of its isolation from the ocean and minimal predators, the golden jellyfish that live there thrive and reproduce at astounding rates. 
The jellyfish migrate by the millions from one side of the lake to the other every single day in a giant swarm. Their sting is so small that it is considered safe to swim with them, and scuba divers and snorkelers often enjoy the jellyfish. Lake Baikal, Russia. In Siberia, Russia, there is a lake that has become known worldwide. The lake, which is 636 kilometers long and 79 kilometers wide, and possesses a coastline of 2,100 kilometers long. It makes it more of a sea than a lake, really. It's also 1,632 meters deep, making it the deepest lake in the world. It is also the largest body of freshwater in the world, containing over 20% of the entire world's freshwater. However, unlike other lakes such as the Loch Ness, Lake Bakai's water is extraordinarily clear, and in ideal conditions, people can see up to 40 meters down into the water. Lake Bakal was first formed 20 to 25 million years ago, making it the world's oldest lake and has had strange stories told about it for just about its entire history. For years, people have reported seeing a multitude of strange phenomena in and around Lake Baikal, including strange sea creatures, disappearing ships, UFOs flying around and into the lake, strange objects appearing out of the water, cigar-shaped UFOs, and even strange humanoid creatures being spotted underwater with diving gear more similar to astronaut suits. The sightings have become so common, in fact, that most people, ufologists, ufologists, ufologists and locals alike believe that Lake Bacal is home to some kind of secret underwater alien base due to the amount of UFO and USO, unidentified submerged objects, activity. Rio Tinto River, Spain. Rio Tinto River is among the most acidic bodies of water around, with a pH balance of 2. Ooh, that is extremely low. This means that the Rio Tinto is as strong as stomach acid and is more, more than enough powerful to kill any fish that dare swim in it. Most likely, it would also kill a human. The Rio Tinto's acid trip is caused by bacteria as well as iron that is dissolved into the water over many years. Similar occurrences have been found on Mars, prompting scientists to wonder if Rio Tinto has something to offer in the quest for life on the Red Planet. Throughout its history, the Rio Tinto has remained a deep red blood color with golden tints. Bamimi Road According to Greek legend, the city of Atlantis sunk into the ocean in one single day, wiping its existence off the earth some 11,000 years ago. Since that time, scientists, treasure hunters, and philosophers have searched endlessly to find even a trace of the lost world. It's said to be partially intact somewhere below the ocean waves. Being one of the most well-known legends in the world, Anything found during an ocean dive, even resembling a man-made structure in this area, has caused serious waves of media attention. In 1968, a diver off the coast of North Bamimi Island 
in the Bahamas discovered a series of stones 18 feet below the surface. The stones appeared man-made and were evenly spaced out in a road-like line stretching about a half mile. A storm of publicity immediately descended on the discovery, with a number of individuals claiming the stones were portion of a wall or a road that was formerly part of a larger city. Everybody hoped that the discovery would be connected to Atlantis, and the discovery of two other similar roads spurred more excitement. Unfortunately, carbon dating and analysis of the blocks led to the conclusion that the roads were naturally made through geological forces. No tool marks were found on the blocks, and there was no evidence that the blocks had ever been stacked to build a structure. Although there is still some speculation and research on Bamimi today, it is generally agreed upon that the limestone blocks were formed by erosion, leaving the mystery of Atlantis unsolved. Rupkund Lake, India Rupkund is a very shallow lake in the Himalayas, and it is only known for being one of the most creepy lakes in the world. Known as Skeleton Lake, real human remains can be seen at the bottom of it. <laughs> the human bones date back over 1,000 years, and no one knows for sure why they're in the lake. For several centuries, the local legend has told of a mysterious lake that contains dozens of dead people's remains. But it was only first documented in the 1940s. The legends told that a great king and his army once died in that lake during a harsh storm, and that the human remains belong to the lake. The lake is now known to contain the remains of at least 300 people and their bodies and bones. Skeletons. The Techa River. In late 1945, along the banks of the Techa River in the Soviet Union, a dozen labor camps sent 70,000 inmates to begin construction of a secret city. Mere months earlier, the United States Little Boy and Fat Man bombs flattened Hiroshima and Nagasaki leaving Soviet leaders salivating over the massive power of the atom bomb. In a rush to close the gap in weapons technology, the USSR commissioned a sprawling plutonium production complex in the southern Ural Mountains. The military-industrial community was to be operated by Russia's Mayak chemical combine. Within a few years, the nuclear reactors were pumping out plutonium, to fuel the Soviet Union's first atomic weapons. The city and reactors were absent from all official maps, and it would be over 40 years before the Soviet government would even acknowledge its existence. Nevertheless, the small city became an insidious influence in the Soviet Union, ultimately creating nuclear contamination, dwarfing the devastation of the Chernobyl disaster. The Techa River is 150 miles long, and its basin covers a 2,900-square-mile area. From 1949 to 1956, the Mayak complex dumped an estimated 76 million cubic meters of radioactive water into the Techa River. In their haste to begin production, Soviet engineers lacked the time to establish proper waste-handling procedures, 
So most of the byproducts were dealt with by diluting them in water and simply pouring them into the Techa River. As many as 40 villages with a combined population of 28,000 residents lined the river at the time. For 24 of them, the Techa was a major source of water. 23 of them were eventually evacuated. In the past 45 years, about a half a million people in the region have been exposed to the radiation. The Mayak facility remains operational, and though waste disposal has been modernized, most downstream towns remain deserted. Boiling Lake, Dominica Whoever named this place was certainly no fan of subtlety. Boiling Lake is exactly what it sounds like. Discovered in 1870 by two Englishmen, temperatures taken as recently as five years ago ranged anywhere between 180 to 197 degrees Fahrenheit. While that's certainly hot enough to peel skin, those temperatures were only recorded around the edges of the lake. The center is far, far hotter, to the point that an accurate measurement cannot be taken. The theory is that the boiling lake sits on top of a bunch of molten lava, and the gases shoot up into the water, heating it to insane levels. Lake Karachay, Russia Russia's Lake Karachay is, without a question, the most radioactive body of water on the planet. It was a major dumping ground for nuclear waste until the 1990s. Karachay's toxicity is so bad, for a long time, you didn't even have to touch the water for it to kill you. Simply standing on the shore for an hour, you would be bombarded with deadly levels of radiation. Russia is attempting to solve the issue by dumping massive amounts of concrete into the lake in order to absorb the radiation and keep it away from the surface and the shore. It appears to be working, and tests on downstream waters have revealed little to no radiation at all. These damn Russians polluting all their lakes and rivers. Mariana Trench Giant Shark In 2016, footage surfaced by Japanese marine biologist who showed a behemoth shark. It was apparently filmed about a mile down beyond the reach of sunlight in the Mariana Trench, the deepest part of the world's oceans. Yet further research revealed it was not actually recorded in the Mariana Trench, and it was recorded in Japan's Suruga Bay. And though the shark is huge, nobody is quite sure how big. When the clip begins, the shark is seen approaching a bait cage before obscuring our view with its humongous body. Then, as the camera jolts upwards, the beast's terrifying white eyes are clearly observed. An estimate of the shark's size has been based on the dimensions of the cage. Now the footage has given rise to speculation that the long-extinct Megalodon still rolls deep beneath the waves. The Megalodon, which is thought to have resembled a great white shark, is estimated to have reached lengths of 59 feet. It died out some 2.6 million years ago, but the monstrous creature is believed to be one of the largest and most powerful that ever lived. 
Scientists have attempted to rule this out, stating that the Pacific Ocean would be unlikely to have sufficient food for such a beast at such depths. It has also been claimed that the shark's size was miscalculated, and it was actually a six-scale shark, which can grow up to 25 feet long. Another suggestion says it was a Pacific sleeper shark, which lurks at depths as low as 9,000 feet down. If you get a chance, check this out on YouTube or just look it up. It is a super freaky looking shark. I think it's most definitely a megalodon. The megalodon is the Bigfoot of the ocean. Underwater waterfall, Mauritius. Picture yourself swimming out in the ocean, and then suddenly you are being sucked down in a huge tumbling underwater waterfall. Whoever visit the island called the Republic of Mauritius, I can't say that name, I can't say that country, who cares? So what, whatever. Anyway, swimming out too far to sea could make this terrifying tall tale a reality. Well, almost. It's actually only an illusion, but it looks totally real, and not to mention super cool. Like a painting created by Mother Nature herself, the island of Morantinus is located about 2,000 kilometers from Africa's southeast coast near Madagascar. Just off the coast is an amazing waterfall illusion that captivates people from all over the world. The reason for the island's famous waterfall illusion has to do with local sand and silt deposits that flow through the area and fluctuate the color of the water so that it appears like a waterfall heading to who knows where. The views all around this dreamscape island of the waters look cool, but helicopter rides and aerial shots provide the most visually stimulating appeal. To see for yourself, check out these stunning images of the waterfall illusion just off Moratinas Island. I looked those up too. It definitely looks like the water and the sand and everything is falling down in some deep trench, just like right off the edge of the island. Super cool stuff. Well, look, that's going to do it. We are over and out. That completes uh, all of some of the mysteries I was able to find about H2O on our planet. So hold some creepy secrets indeed. Guys, you can find Phil Interrupted on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe, leave a review. That'd be awesome. You can also check out any of the back catalog on circularlogicstudios.com. You can reach me at philinterrupted at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, comments about this episode or any previous episode, or you just want to give a shout-out to Phil, I'd appreciate it. We're out. We're out here. We're done. We will catch you next time. We are making moves here on Phil Interrupted. Peace out. As amazing and breathtaking as the world's oceans, seas, freshwater rivers, and... Oh, fuck. What's this? What is this? Aliens? Am I being invaded? Ah, get out of here. Come on. Just trying to do a podcast. In 2011, 63-year-old John... The lake, which is... The... The Mayak facility remains operation... Damn it! Carachet's toxic tux fuck. Simply standing on the shore for an hour or so would bombard. Fuck. This is exactly what happened when an abandoned, <laughs> abandoned.